Hey guys, this is Michael Fompkin. I'm here with Fuji Ruiz and welcome to Hollywood Mindset TV and the VIP Ignite Live podcast. So our special guest today is one of the most powerful agents in the world. Okay, this is a live modeling scout. So for those of you who are interested in modeling, especially high fashion and so forth, this is the right episode to listen to. So with that thought in mind, Mr. Fuji Ruiz, welcome aboard to Hollywood Mindset TV. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. So, Fuji, so right now, currently, you are the director of Hello Management in New York City. So tell me a little bit about that. That's like a like a high fashion agency, commercial. Like, what do you guys kind of handle over there? Right. Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor, and I, I love talking with you guys always. Um, Hello Management is a boutique agency uh, here in New York City. And what we primarily focus on is high fashion. Uh, and we, we kind of go in various other directions as well. Uh, we also help facilitate acting work, uh, commercial work, and um, different endeavors within the music industry and also um, in just the artistic scene in general. Okay, awesome. So you, you've been doing this for a really long time, right? So before being the director here, you worked at a some of the most prestigious agencies in the world, right? Like I just to let everybody know, me and Fuji go way back. Like I yeah. literally, Fuji and I have been friends now for probably over 10 years, I would say. So it's been mm -hmm. a really long time. Um, when we do our live events in New York City, Fuji's actually been our guest speaker at our live event, had the opportunity to meet with our talent. Uh, we went on a big road trip one time to Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> we had a big event out there. So yeah. one of the top agents from New York City, um, you know, in Detroit, Michigan, meeting with talent. But as a talent scout at, the, at that time and point in your life, you used to go to lots of different events all over the world, right? Like I've seen you like at, at almost every single different convention. What What is the reasons like why somebody would go to something like that to find talent? Like what what is like the expectations you have when you go there? And then what, do you find talent? Do you find the talent that are there? Or just really not ready like like what are some of the things you know kind of just take me through the eyes of being a talent scout so to speak right um i mean you know very often when it's uh you're flying in from another country often or you know you're coming directly from new york after like a huge workload and you're going to these events uh a lot of times it's very hit or miss you're not sure if you're going to find the talent, um, if it's uh, going to be a fruitful trip. And as far as directly meeting talent, um, you know, of course, you always try to optimize the opportunity and meet with like different agents and, and you're networking while you're there. Yeah, right, right, right. Totally. Um, but um, yeah, you, you never really know what you're you're going to get when you do those those kinds of events um but again it's you have you have to try and feel out what's you know uh go for it you know but what i like with you guys is um that i get to spend more time with the talent and sometimes sometimes you'll meet a model you know like oh my god they're beautiful and it's a little bit the more you talk to them it's a little bit like oh bring a book you know because it's you know, the personality isn't there, I'll say. Yeah. Um, but with with your events, what I like is that I get to talk a little bit more. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you're a little unsure. You're like, mm. and then the more you speak to the talent, the more, you know, hopefully charming and, and you see personality or something of interest, which the industry now is is isn't just necessarily, of course, aesthetics help. But um, also a story and and a little bit about yourself and something, you know, that just makes you interesting helps. And, you know, you could, as an agent, you see another kind of, another layer to the person and the talent. Um, and I've signed many models, you know, starting off apprehensive. And then the more I talk to them, I'm like, this person's going to be charming or this story is going to be cool. And um, I think we can make this work. And and I've had a lot of success with that approach. Okay, so so when you're signing somebody, there's a lot of time that you may have to spend with that person to get them up to speed. Like, let me give an example. Let's say we're gonna do two different scenarios here. One is you have a girl, I don't know, five foot ten, 
flawless. You know, she's 18 years old, just flew in from like, you know, the Soviet Union or something like that. She's literally high fashion. She's got a great look. She's never done any modeling before, but she walks into your door. Like, what would be the process for you? So like, just so, you know, she hasn't even opened their mouth yet. You don't know anything, but she like, you're like, wow, if I was to start calling some clients, I, I, you know, based on her looks, I see maybe I could send her out to Prada or I could spend her out to Gucci or whoever it may be, right? Right. What is like the process for you to decide, hey, this girl is the right girl. Like, what's like the first questions you ask? Like, what do they need to do? Like, you know, she's obviously, is she here on a work visa? Does she have some place to live? Like, what's going to be the process for that? Right. Well, there's, there's, of course, the actual logistics of getting them here or keeping the talent here, which, like you mentioned, is visas, um, you know, uh, the basics, accommodations and stuff like that. Um but I go, I go back to kind of, well, first of all, they have to have the basic skill of being able to pose and walk and do the meat of the job. And of course, that's one of the more important things that I look at, but um, there's also that ability to be charming and professional and engaging with clients. Um, and really win them over because the competition is so stiff that I, I, I guess I'm, ga- I'm gauging whether they can compete with the rest of the talent. Because New York is very much like the Olympic village of, of modeling, you know, everyone from all over the world comes here to compete for the gold. Um, and what sets you apart? And have you been training? And do you have the basic skills? And, and can you again, complete the, the basics of the job and then build on that as well. So um, that, that's the, the first thing that I look at. You know, a lot of times there's talent that needs to be developed and walking lessons and um, getting the right images and stuff like that. And sometimes, and very rarely, there's the opposite where it's a complete new face that can really book everything off the jump, just off a few digitals that I take with my phone, you know? It's very rare, um, but it, it does happen. So um, it's very case by case, but uh, again, uh, besides the, the basic, uh, you know, general like aesthetics and, and measurements and things like that, as far as for high fashion, generic high fashion, which, you know, runway and things like that. Editorial, now we see like a changing landscape and there's a little bit more wiggle room and we see a little bit more inclusivity uh, as well for the runway to a certain capacity with, with um, you know, less, not the same amount of numbers as for straight sizes, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, in, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of the first thing that I'm looking at. So that's, I think that's just some great points because here's how I envision it, you know, because obviously we speak to a lot of different agencies. I always envision it like if I'm running the agency, I'm the director, I, my, my main job is, is the clients. Like I'm just, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, you know, bringing in new clients. I'm keeping my old clients happy. So the last thing I want is like, if somebody's coming in the door, like I want somebody who's like actually already a model. And I think you kind of hinted at that because like if, this, if you're brand new and you walk in, you don't have a book or, or which, you know, for those of you who don't know what a book is, like a portfolio where you've actually been out doing test shoots. Maybe you've got some tear sheets. You know, I know a lot of models, like if you had somebody who came in and maybe they, 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 they did some work in Miami, they did some work in LA, you know, maybe they started off in a smaller market and then they're, you know, maybe they went off to, you know, um, Europe and they're working in Milan and, and Paris and so forth. And they built this book over a period of, you know, a year to two years, and then they walk in, that's somebody that you're going to feel a lot more confident in yeah. because now you know that they already have an established work record versus right. somebody who says, Hey, you know, yesterday I was thinking about being, you know, an airline stewardess, but now today, all of a sudden I want to try modeling where then if it doesn't work out, you've now put in all this time and energy and development. And it's just going to be, you know, something that you just know from experience that this is just not a great idea. Like, does that happen? Like where you just, right. You're going to lean towards the person who's already has something 
like you know, if some you know, one says models want it, it means I'm looking for models. I'm not looking for models wannabes. <laughs> it doesn't right. say models wannabes. It actually says models, meaning it's like if I call the doctor, I expect a doctor, not somebody who says, well, you know, I'm thinking about being a doctor. You know, maybe I'll just come over to your house and you know, we could try some operations, see how it goes. Like right. that's you know my funny way of of seeing how these things work. Okay. No, totally. It, it's um, you know, very often I've been doing this now. It sounds crazy to say it out loud, but twelve years. Um, and in every agency that I worked at, from Wilhelmina to IMG, uh, often we have taken models on uh, who from the beginning, maybe there was, you know, slight apprehension or something, but then we see that they have all the materials and they have images. And uh, either those are images that, that we can use in our market or that um, display that they can do the actual job, you know? And, and it's been one of those conversations, well, she already has the beginning of a book or he already has the beginning of the book. So let's you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Let's take them on. So, so those things are very um, persuasive to an agent, uh, seeing that someone's prepared. And it's a plus if they already have the materials as well to start off with. Okay. So now, so like for like, like, you know, I deal with a lot of talent and a lot of times when I first will interview them and, you know, obviously we, we interview people for the opportunity to meet with people such as yourself. A lot of them, they come to me and they're like, they're like a train wreck. Like they're, they're, they like somehow they managed to hire a photographer in their local market and they look like they did some glamour shots. Like the photos are just not like the, the photos are good for grandma. Grandma right. loves them and their mom loves them and dad loves them. And they're good for, right. you know, holiday giveaways. But for mm -hmm. walking into an agency, I, you know, I, I, I rarely ever never seen somebody who comes in with the proper photos. So for talent, like I think a lot of times they make these mistakes, they're spending a lot of money trying to get this career going. And then they're just kind of like wasting money. Because when you're a talent, not only do you have to have your photos, you have to have your book, you have to have, you know, if you, whatever agency you're going to sign for, you're going to be responsible for comp cards or, you know, especially when the world opens up, you're responsible for show cards if you're doing high fashion. Show cards, for those of you who don't know, are like a little bit more fancier comp cards that are sent out you know, prior to fashion week and so forth. Um, so based upon that, and then when I do see professional photos and I see, whoa, like these photos are phenomenal. Like, oh my God, this, this person hit it. My first question is always is, oh, how did you find this photographer? Yeah, Who were you currently signed with? Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know, there was somebody there and now a red flag goes up in my head. Well, wait a second. If you already had an agent, what, why are you now looking for somebody else? Right. Right. So there's right. a, what, what do you, how do you handle that when that person's sitting in front of you and you kind of, you don't, you know, they're, you, you, you know, they're kind of skirting the issue. Like, do they lie to you or do they just come clean? Like, what's the reason there's like a model who's out in the wild, who was with some other agency and now somehow they're sitting in front of you. Like, what's the, like, tell me that kind of scenario. Right. Well, it's always a, a, a red flag and I'm always apprehensive because once in a very, again, very rarely you will find a model that, that immediately gets it and gets the aesthetic of, of what, you know, especially what the New York market is looking for. Um, but I always ask uh, like who shot this? Oh, how did you connect with them and stuff like that? Just like, just like you said. Um, and there's also the red flag of often, you know, it eventually I find out that they're working with like another agency and stuff like that. Um, and I think was, was there a problem? You're not happy with them? What's going on? Um, so, and then you start kind of forming this narrative in your head as well too. So I always say you only get one chance at saying hello, you know? Um, that's also me branding the agency. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you want to make sure that that is the strongest kind of hello and representation of who you are that you can perform. You know what I mean? So, um, starting off with the right images, uh, the right, just general direction is, is very key. Cause you only get, again, one introduction to, to the market. 
as far as New York and also very uh, secondary markets as well, like Los Angeles and Miami, Chicago, because um, it it really is a, a core of just you know several casting directors um, and agencies too that handle those markets at a serious level. Um, so when you start off kind of off the jump looking a little you know questionable yeah. or tainted or yeah. sketchy decision making or moves and stuff like that um you know it, it can create an air of of doubt um and, and apprehension as well and, and there's so many more layers to that too like well who did she who did, who did they meet when they were working with this last agency did they see this group of like not so flattering images or you know what i mean so like it's the introduction is really important i guess is is what i'm saying you know especially in the high fashion arena where it is such um a small core group of key uh decision makers so now okay so here's another another question i always get to well not really a question that i get personally because a lot of times the models i deal with are not at that level but like I see a lot of castings obviously come through our offices and so forth. And like, I'll see something like, you know, um, like a one page spread in like an L magazine or something like that. And I'll look and I'll see like the pay scale for it is like 150 bucks or something. Like it's very, very low. But then all of a sudden I'll be walking in Times Square and I'll see like the new face of, you know, Calvin Klein or the new face of whatever. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'll kind of follow up on who's representing them and so forth. And I'll find out like, you know, like that was like a $200,000 job or something. What, what, what is the difference between somebody who's like booking? Cause like, I know a lot of models will get signed to some huge agencies in New York city, but over the course of that first year, they're really not making enough to even cover the cost of living in New York city. Right. While somebody else just comes in and they, they hit that home run, you know, obviously there's years of development and time that may have went into that person, but, you know, people never see that. They always just see the end result. What's the difference between a girl or a guy who's booking, you know, $300 a day jobs versus somebody who's able to book, you know, five or six or $10,000 a day jobs. Like, you know, they both have that same look as it just comes down to the personality. Does it come down? Like what, what, what is, what separates the two? Like how does somebody rise to become that Tyson Beckford or become that, you know, household name, so to speak, or land that cover or what happens when you land, you become the face of Calvin Klein for the next six months. Now that campaign's over. Well, why would another designer want to hire you? Like you were the face of Calvin Klein. Why would Tommy Hilfiger want to put you in their ads? Like, how does that all work? So right. kind of like a two-part question there. Right. Like, totally. Sometimes be, like blowing up overnight, could that hurt your career? You know what I mean? So right. The difference is for that. And then also like, what's the difference between somebody who's only booking a few hundred dollars versus somebody who's booking the higher end jobs? Like I'm trying to like, how can I have the best career in this business for long-term, you know, um, stuff versus just being a flash in the pan. I come to New York for a year or two. I go out for some drinks. I did some photo shoots and now I'm back in, you know, the middle of, you know, the United States, you in know, Albuquerque. Back <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back in Albuquerque, yeah. you know, working at Walmart or something. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I think there's so many like facets to, to that question or, or to the answer. Um, but I think initially it really comes down to, to the management team. Um, and, uh, the development process as well, and just kind of the being selective about which jobs uh, the talent does. Um, you know, there's a lot of like politics and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can do a very commercial job for a decent chunk of change, um, but it cut you out for maybe certain um, more high fashion luxury jobs. Uh, so I, for myself, I'll answer that for myself. Um, my approach is always thinking long-term and longevity, you know, like I can go for the quick, I don't know, five grand super commercial job, but then I have to realize, uh, that that may cut out, uh, down the line, higher paying editorials and, or, um, you know, regular advertising jobs that could be more uh, lucrative. 
So it, it, it also is a case by case basis. Um, so, you know, not everyone's going to have the same trajectory or the same kind of career, career goals as, as the other um, models. So it's also having the management that can um, educate you on the process. So, you know, you know why you're turning down a certain job um, and why you're doing another job, maybe for less money, but for the prestige so that you can down the line um, build on that, you know, editorially or, or again, advertising wise. So um, that's where uh, management or, um, you know, people like, like you, for example, that, that either know the ins and outs of the industry or can uh, have all those references uh, when you don't know, you know, because there's sometimes there's, decisions that need to be made that, you know, even in a, in a shifting, especially now in a shifting um, landscape of the fashion industry, uh, maybe these same rules and, and politics kind of don't apply at the moment or, or are changing uh, because of the economy and COVID. Um, so just to be able to have that uh, direction and be explained how, how things work, um, and why maybe you're doing a job for less money, um, but because of the name attached behind it, it'll lead to more opportunities down the line. Um, or sometimes why you're doing something because it pays exceptionally well too. So um, it's very case by case, but that's where if you don't have management um, or anyone to reference, um, you know, you can make a decision that will, again, like you said, lead you to being a flash in the pan. So um, having having that guidance and, and all these references uh, in, in various industries um, is really important. Yeah, I get, I get, I you know, obviously we get a lot of people reach out to us all day long. So for years, I always get people who, especially, well, not for years, but like probably the past couple of years since, you know, the, uh, you know, since Instagram has taken off so well, Right. I will literally check my DMs and I will literally have anywhere from 20 to 100 DMs from people who are interested in modeling per se, but they'll actually say they're a model. And I'll be like, oh, great. You know, so who's your representation? Well, they say like, well, no, I'm a freelancer. I'm like, oh my God, you're a freelancer. How wonderful. I'm like, all right, well, just send me over your insurance information for COVID. Make sure you send me over your LLC. Make sure you send me over what your usage rights are. And I just give them this whole list of things that an agent would be handling. Literally, I must have responded back to about a thousand people. And I've never had one single freelancer ever like write me back. And then right. I, of course, you always just click on their Instagram. And of course, like you see them doing absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. What What do you think the mindset is? Like, is it just like, like, because people can take selfies that they just like somehow think they're a model? Like, I, I, I just, I never understood that. Like, to me, it's just like, I, I'm either, I am who I am. I'm either a drummer or I'm not a drummer. Right. Like, right. it's, it's just like, and it's just like most, for most people, they don't realize like without an agent, like a client will never, there, there's no client who's going to speak to you. Maybe right. like some local you know, accountant in the middle of nowhere who just, there's no agencies for a million miles or something, but like, I just don't like, there's no way there's so much going on. There's so much that you have to account for. Like, it's just not just showing up, but like, you know, and who, insurance, what happens if the model doesn't show up and, you know, uh, what the COVID regulations and travel expenses and just, you know, a million little things, you know, um, uh, you know, what happened, you know, even with TV and film, you know, keeping your hair the same way and not making changes, because if that has to be a reshoot, you have to, you know, like there's all these things that go on, you know, will the image just be used in one magazine will be used for e-com and so forth. So like, like, like I, I you know, kind of give us that maybe hundred thousand foot view of all the things that you have to do and why a client would never hire a freelancer. Why, that's just, it's, it's like brand ambassadors online. That's another thing. Oh, I want you to be a brand ambassador. Click this link and buy my shirt and you get 20% off and send us a picture and we'll post it. Like that's right. not a brand ambassador. That's a customer. <laughs> like, yeah. You, yeah. You, 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 and I get those things too. Yeah. Like, I get them all day long. Yeah. Too. 
There's yeah. literally, there must be like a thousand people in the Philippines getting paid like 25 cents an hour just to send out messages to every single person. Like they right. literally hit just all day duh, 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 like right. that. So, yeah. So tell me like, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me like that hundred thousand foot view of all the things that you have to do when booking a job. I mean, it's so much. Um, and, and it's really like either you're an agent and if you're doing it on your own, like it's, it's just information that you're not privy to, you know, like details of like, what is proper usage? You know, what, what is a force majeure? What is, um, in perpetuity mean, you know, and, and, um, and again, just knowing what is appropriate for the X amount of money that you're getting, you know, offered. Um, but going, even going before that, back to kind of the beginning of your, your question, um, you know, I think Instagram has made it seem like it's very easy to, to live off of just that, you know, and, and often I get the same request as like, you know, as well from like talent of like, oh, I'm a model, this and that. And like, you know, you, uh, even 50,000 followers isn't much in the mm-hmm. scope of like, you know, your competition, you know, and people that are seriously doing this and making a living off of it. Um, it's little, you know, um, you know, I've had talent that have 200,000 followers. And even then, uh, what certain companies were offering um, wasn't a lot, you know, luckily this talent had actual background in, in fashion and editorials and campaigns and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's to say that if you don't have the, those prior editorials or campaigns or, or runway shows and stuff like that, like, you know, it's, it's difficult. So, um, yeah, it's, the followers too, like for most people don't realize just because you have a million followers or 50,000 followers, it doesn't mean anything to the client because are those followers people who are going to buy your product? Right, right. Well, that that's another beast in itself. And I guess where I'm having a hard time like focusing with the answer is that there's so many different layers to it, which goes back to like, you need someone that knows the ins and outs. Um, who's your audience? You know, what are the... Um, markets or the city, I guess the cities that they're uh, primarily your, your audience is coming from. And when you're asked this by a brand, can you answer confidently? You know, um, for a lot of my talent, I know uh, one, for example, you know, the target audience is 18 to 34 and that's in New York, um, LA, London, and Jakarta. I don't know where Jakarta comes in. I don't, I don't know about Jakarta, honestly, but, um, but I know, you know, I know this information and I know that that translates into um, a high fashion, more luxury oriented market where I can demand um, or not, or, or request, demand sounds bossy, um, you know, a higher rate. And I know to keep the image at a certain level, um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, because I could go on with details. Um, so, yeah, and, and the grand scheme of things, like getting like an ambassador code or a promotional thing, like not to sound like snobbish, but don't feel special. You know what I mean? Like that's just another marketing ploy. Um, and And then also too, what kind of image are you putting out there? And how do you know what kind of image to put out there to attract those high-end um customers or those high paying customers it doesn't have to be high end everyone has a different kind of level you know um but it can be high paying commercial clients as well you know but again with each of these audiences you have to have a a certain aesthetic and it's very rare um i was gonna say that young people but i think people in general know what direction to go in with this aesthetic and also put in the effort as well you know um like, you know, if you're going to put a picture of yourself on Instagram and, and, and this is your goal, make sure it's a polished image. Make sure you have a look together, you know, make sure that um, your hair is groomed and the lighting is well. And, and all these little details that really that customer looks to. Um, 
I don't want to give away too much. No, but, no, no, um, no. I agree. <laughs> I, I definitely no, it. but it's important. Well, you know, all these things, you know what I mean? When like, you talk about social media, this is something I always think about. Like the first thing I always do is, you know, somebody approaches me, I look at their social media and I'm like, oh my God, this person's like a train wreck. Like there's right. like, their photos are all over the place. There's no consistency there. So let's just say now, you know, that person comes in and they're going to start working with you. What do you do? Do you just delete that old account? Do you start a new account? Like, what's the time frame to start building up the account so it looks like it's a it's it's a talent that's represented by your particular agency, right? Because each agency, when you kind of you know, if you follow all the different models, you know, because success leaves clues, you can kind of feel the look. You know what I mean? Like, right. Boss Models has a look versus IMG has a certain look, and right. the images. You know, you you could see there's a a very interesting choreography going on on how those images are posted. Right. Obviously, if you're in charge, you got 40 models or 400 models on your board that you're representing and you're in charge of how is what's like the science and don't you know, you obviously don't want to give away secrets here because I know agencies are very competitive, but like how what's the process to even begin that does a model just delete her account like what do you right. what do you do to try and control that that image that she's putting out there. Right. And and I feel like this is something that I say, not just in industry world and in my industry world, but also in general, it's about editing. You know, you um, you have you mean to <laughs> you mean, yeah, well, editing. you have to, like, really take a look and see, you know, what you you want to put your strongest things out there, you know, and um, this is true to like your wardrobe, you know what I mean? Every six months, take a look at it. That's what I do and edit it down to, to what is beneficial and makes you feel good or, you know, present yourself well and stuff like that. Um, to your images, you know, like I can't say how many times um, I'll see an Instagram page that just looks janky, you know? It just looks like terrible lighting there's a bunch of shit in the background pardon my french sorry um or you know like the floor is all dusty like we don't you don't see you kind of have to have that mindset okay i'll use myself for an example you know obviously i'm not talent but i knew i had to do this with you and this is just me keeping it real i wasn't wearing this sweater before you know what i mean and like i didn't have jewelry and i was like doing laundry and on work calls and like running around and like a ratty I mean, Ratty was still like a rock t-shirt, but whatever. You know what I mean? So like you still, I'm I'm presenting myself so that if you blast this anywhere, it's the best representation of me that I can give you. You know what I mean? There's nothing in the background. It's a sweater. I'm wearing jewelry, you know, and I'm a little bit groomed as much as I can. So I think not to make it about me or anything, but like, you know, you have to put your strongest um self forward and, and project that um and uh there's this like cheesy saying um in the industry like you got to look good to book good you know and and that's the industry and that's just as an agent like for a talent you have to level it up and get creative and like and i always say this as well there's so we live in the information age, like you can access anything at any time. There's no excuse why, if you're trying to be an actor, a musician, um, a model, whatever, that you don't have the references to put a strong representation of yourself together, you know? And that's whether you're playing the guitar on video to like you're taking, you know, selfies at home um, to, to a monologue too, you know, like, it has to be, everything has to be polished, especially when your competition is, you know, the internet opened things up where you're competing now against everyone, millions and millions, maybe billions of people. So like, why is someone gonna look at your materials of you like in your janky looking living room with like a bunch of crap in the background and you're not wearing your best and you know what I mean? Like- Yeah, no, I know. Like, like, like the Kardashians are a billion dollar brand. Right. And like, when you look at their Instagram, like they they're like they look like they're just naturally ha you know going through their day and you'll see mixed with the professional photos but every single photo on there there's like i think a team of like six or eight people who are running that instagram like they're not actually posting those pictures they're, those pictures get taken and then they're sent over to somebody who's editing them and then kind of choosing the best ones planning out the storylines right, and so right, forth right. so like there's like people don't realize that it's it's there's there's so much to this and you really 
I think, you know, you have to be like your own entrepreneur. You have to understand everything. It's just not, you got to understand lighting and photography. Yeah. And, and you have branding. to study things That's too. Like, yeah. It's, and you have to study things. Like you have to reference other successful people and, and kind of create your own personalized version of that, you know, like you from lighting to like so many times going back to what you said, like people are like, Oh, I'm a model, blah, blah. blah. And like, you're wearing some like, washed out hollister t-shirt and like you know what i mean and some like yeah. cruddy sneakers and listen i don't mind a cruddy sneaker if it's a cool cruddy sneaker but um you know what i mean but it, and like you're in your yard and there's a bunch like i can see your wire fence you know what i mean like mm -hmm. and we probably all have that wire fence and and listen it's an illusion to a certain extent but that's that's the business you know um and and being aware of that too you know don't now I'm going to take a little bit of a mental health approach to realize that that's not your reality. This isn't what you have to, you have to strive for in real life. But um, but it's just like going on a job interview. You know, you put your best self forward. You put on your best suit or your best dress. Um, you have your best resume. So in this industry, all these little things are the best representation of you, whether it's images or music or videos or whatever. Like, you want it to be so produce but yet organic that um it looks like something that you could just already kind of promote you know um that an agent for example would be like yes let's do this you get it i'm confident that if i have to ask you for self digitals or whatever especially now during um covid times you know that this person can produce that so there's so many facets of like presenting the strongest version of yourself um in entertainment and i think in just life in general we we did a we did an online kind of little meet and greet with talent. We tried to explain to them the importance of taking digitals. Right. And I'm literally we must have I, I couldn't even tell you the amount of hours. Actually, Ryan, you know, Ryan, Ryan's also one of the agents we work with. For those of you not familiar, Fuji, Fuji knows Ryan. But him. he must have literally sent spent four weeks trying to get everyone to take good digitals and like like they all failed, <laughs> like yeah. literally very, the very end, they started getting it. And I think most people don't realize like just something as simple as taking digitals to get it right. It's actually, it seems like it should be so easy, right? It's kind of like yeah. tying your shoelaces. Like, you know, it seemed like I could do this, but until somebody kind of showed me and I had to practice for a little while, right. it's or riding a bike. It's oh, I just have to pedal. It's not like, there's like a, a, a science to that, literally. Yeah, and there's research too. Listen, my lighting right now, this shadow driving me crazy. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I'm working with the constraints of my space. Of yeah. But, um, but still like, you know, this lighting and everything, like I'm still trying to present my strongest self you're nicely lit you know what i mean like all these little things kind of add up um and i think ultimately it just shows a dedication you know like if we kind of uh reduce it a little bit down to to the bare bones it's like it shows that you have a basic knowledge and understanding of of self-branding and producing your own content which is huge you know business of fashion is projecting that um you know most advertisements um are gonna be through social media personalities of different kind of platforms but um you know and even knowing that like that's research of talent we all have access to that. You know what I mean? It's, it's a free newsletter. Like there's no, there's in the age of information, there's no excuse for putting out like subpar content in any regard. Now, like if you were, so here's another question I always think about too. If I was brand new, right. Say, and I was starting out in the industry is New York, this place to be still, or like, should I consider going to Dubai or Japan or throughout, you know, throughout Asia you know, say I'm like, you know, a Western look, say, right? Would, would is that going to be, is there better of a shot of me, you know, South Africa? Like, is there better for me to start in Europe or is, is New York still like where I want to kick my career off, so to speak? Obviously, you know, I'm, I went through some development. I have my book together. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I feel I'm ready to start going out and meeting with clients. I got the personality. Should I go to New York or is like, is there a benefit to going to Dubai or someplace else in the world and starting there? 
Right. Um, that's a good question. I it it um it all kind of this depends on the response that your agent is getting or feels like you might get, you know, and, and your look too. So it's all very, it should be, you know, all very kind of tailored specifically to to the talent and personality and stuff like that. Um with just past experience, I can say that there's been many a top models, like household names, that seem like they just kind of suddenly blew up here in New York, but actually developed in Asia and, and got a strong book together. The turnaround time in Asia is very fast for editorial, where you'll shoot something here. Sometimes it can come out like, you know, a few months ahead of time. Uh, in Asia, you can go for a month, and by the time you're back, the publication's probably already out, and the quality is good enough to compete in New York. Um, but but again, it all it all depends. Once in a while, we see that girl or guy that just kind of hits and um, is supported by all the casting directors here, or sometimes there's that apprehension. They kind of disappear and develop in another market and come back with a strong book or materials, and and the response is there and they're kind of the casting directors here are like convinced now that they can support them and and that there will be a, a response with their clients now speaking of like that seeing what works and what doesn't work i've, I've recently seen like a lot of of uh absolutely stunning trans models and right. a lot of now like you know literally it was uh, on the cover of playboy and representing some major brands what 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 how how is that affecting like the mix of everything right now? Right. Um I think I think to kind of even take a step back from just trans, I think we see that response um in in different marginalized communities in general. You know, we see it uh uh plus size, you plus know, size, people yeah. of color. Um, right. And plus size, you know, obviously has always been there, but they, it wasn't always representative of the black or brown girls, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, we're seeing a lot more, uh, Asian representation as well. Um, which if you really think about it, like 10 years, it wasn't as prominent. It was you know, if you're, if you're a person of ethnicity, this is the best time to be alive for fashion, commercial, editorial, TV, film. This is like, like, right. like such a huge market right now. Like you said, yeah, 10 yeah. years ago, you did not see this at all. Right. And and I think what it comes down to is we're seeing the movement of inclusivity um, being more opened up and becoming more mainstream. And I think it's been a slow process, but considering the current political climate, I'll say, um, you know, I think that it's ushered in... Um, uh, a movement that um, is more accepting to it. And, and I guess what I'm saying is, is hopefully will be the norm and, and mainstream, you know, like I've had my personal issues with the industry, um, but I, you know, I've had to remind myself that ultimately it's the client's request um, of what they want. And um, you know, all, all I can do is introduce new talent to open the doors at least and, and try to get, uh, more diverse talent in the mix. Um, but now whether it's, you know, social movement and being completely blunt, maybe pandering to, um, this new customer, which I think brands are realizing are people of color, um, uh, or giving that perception regardless um you know i'm puerto rican so it's it's really important too um that we take this opportunity and not just let it be a flash in the pan but um make it the the norm you know um so yeah it's 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 opening things up slowly but surely and i think the more um representation we see and and kind of humanizing um, this talent, you know, these uh, trans people, non you know, non-gender conforming, non-binary, um, you know, plus size. Uh, it's 
it opens things up more. But again, that's, and which is great, you know, but these um, new marginalized communities that, that the industry is opening up to still have to put their best foot forward, you know, and you still have to have that polished image. And you're still competing against that skinny blonde white girl, you know? So like, um, it's not to say that we should just sit back. Um, but even and, like and, with the trans models, the ones that you see that are, are obviously, you know, landing the covers and landing the things, they're like stunning. Like they, they are so gorgeous. Is there like that, but not all trans models look like that, just like regular models. Is there like that? conflict there too where the, the 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 you know the the clients are catering towards you know that ultimate beauty when the average consumer may not you know have that you know in that market you know what i mean like that whole psychology is that still there's right. a following through with everything you know what i mean because you also see like these you know ads for real models and people who are more realistic but it's not applying to luxury brands luxury brands are still you know about that perfect look versus you know e-trade or you know uh whatever, spring water and so forth that right. have more of a variety of people in there. So I still think there's like that market that's not being, you know, kind of catered to or the people who are looking at it, they're aspiring to be that person in the air. Like, what you know, is it the psycholog psychological aspect? You know what I mean? Like, what's the right. thought on that? Right. Well, I think beauty will always be beauty and there is a science to it. And I think whether that you're trans, plus, black, brown, purple, whatever, you know, um, but then there's also kind of this genre of the anti-fashion fashion models as well, you know, which is a little bit more, I don't want to say highbrow, um, but a little bit more artistic, you know, um, and we have uh, male models doing big things that, you know, are missing a front tooth, you know, um, or uh, girls with wide bridged noses, you know, exceptionally wide bridged noses and stuff like that. Um, so I think it very much also depends on your lane in the the fashion industry as well, um, and even commercial and, and stuff like or acting. Um, and, and knowing, you know, where you fit in, in, in that, in that genre, you know, but I think um, classic beauty, regardless of race, gender, whatever, um, will always be kind of classic beauty, you know? Yeah, it moves through time. There's that right. certain look, whether it's a thousand years ago or a thousand years from now, there's this, that, that right. face. That right. Just... Well, I mean, look at Tracy Africa. Like she did a bunch of hair, she booked hair jobs and did like the packaging in the seventies. Um, she's a trans model uh, and at the time obviously wasn't as accepted um but she booked that job not knowing the client not knowing that she was trans and then she was outed which caused this like outrage across america and like, maybe the world i'm not sure um and they pulled the packaging you know but if you really think about it she was beautiful and, and is beautiful enough to to be on that packaging regardless of the trans thing and stuff like that so um I think that I, I say that to, to emphasize that like beauty will always be beauty, regardless of these labels that society puts on us or how, or even how the, the labels that we put on ourselves and project that, you know, like, I think that'll still always be the case. Um, you know, whether you have all these I don't want to say extenuating circumstances, but like these societal norms that are that are like pressed on us you know and now you know obviously we're going through a unique time of our lives here with how the world's shifting where do you where do you see the industry going like a year from now when the world reopens up like you know like you know there's going to be a shift like you know obviously luxury brands will always be luxury brands but do you see like how like anything that's you like does it now more e-com is starting to develop more versus, you know, print and so forth. Do you think print will always have a place in the industry or will it, you know, now be dominated more by e-com or, you know, like where, where do you see things like headed? You know what I mean? Like, obviously right now, if you're in New York, there's really no point in getting a, you know, $400,000 a month billboard in Times Square because you're not getting that viewership that you would get, you know, under normal circumstances. So like, where do you, do you see things changing with how these brands will, 
compensate models or where they're going to be advertising and how they're reaching their market? Or do you see things just kind of, hey, the world is where it is. And when it opens back up, everything's just going to kind of go back to normal. Or is there something you see that will be a shift that, you know, you being, you know, a director and you, you know, running a, a, a you know, a powerful agency is kind of aware of or trying to gauge where the world is headed? Right. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because I think what we've learned this year is that things can change and, you know, we might not be ready for it. It's how you adapt and how quickly you adapt. And I think we're all still just, again, you know, my approach is very real. I think we're all still figuring out how to adapt um, and maybe even implementing how we're going to adapt to the rest of the industry. Um, so I think it's still a work in progress and, and we're all still learning, but I think without a doubt, um, what we're going to see is a shift more towards, um, consumers being, uh, more digitally based, you know, and more internet based, uh, which will mean more advertising on social media platforms from TikTok to Instagram, um, YouTube is still, in my opinion, a little shaky, yeah. but like, but it's still, it's still, cre- you know, there's still enough revenue. So, um, again, that's more of my projections, but who knows? Um, and I know, like Gucci, I have my own personal virtual shopper now. So I can right. go on the Gucci site and I have a virtual, virtual shopper who'll take me around, show me everything and literally right. wrap it. And it's like on its way and sitting in my you know doorstep the next day. So right, right. You know, I've seen little things like that, which I kind of now at first I was like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Like I kind of want to go to the store and buy it. But then I was like, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this. And now I right. skip the time of going back and forth to, you know, the mall and, you know, just I'm still getting the product that I want because obviously, you know, whatever the latest sneaker is or, you know, whatever it may be. So I thought I thought that myself I saw was something that was interesting. Right. Yeah, totally. I think what I guess what we're realizing now is that to do a bulk of our work, we don't necessarily have to be in the office anymore, you know, and to do work aside, even our shopping and stuff like that, to your point, Um so I think we're going to see a lot more kind of personalized and, and direct advertising uh, based more digitally, which I think we'll see it um, opening more up to um, internet, just kind of personalities, you know. Um, but for sure, I think we'll, we'll all be working more from home uh, to a certain capacity, you know, um, and, and advertising and things like that will be geared more towards, towards that avenue. Yeah. And if you're at the Gucci store, feel free to pick me up stuff like online. I'll send you a list. I have a list. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. No pressure. (laughs) All right. Well, I know you're busy and I, we kind of went way over our time limit. Oh, I, know I, I could literally do this for hours. Like, yeah, me too. I could talk, talk about this talk. for hours and hours and hours and hours. So if you got to listen to this, I hope you did enjoy it. Um, but it was kind of a little teaser um, for those of you who are actually going to be attending our model and acting boot camp, or you actually just attended this. It's a little bonus content for you to enjoy. Um, and hopefully you'll have the opportunity to meet Fuji at our future events, or maybe actually get to work with him one-on-one and so forth. Um, you never know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything is possible. So uh, again, I want to thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Fuji Ruiz, for being here today. And you've been listening to Hollywood Mindset TV and the VIP Ignite Live podcast. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. Bye.